Welcome to Spirits Episode 3, straight at you from the Philippines with the Aswang. You'll kind of see how we have some pronunciation issues with that. We don't claim to be experts. We just like to give you good stories. Whether or not we pronounce it exactly correct, uh, you know, we need some room to improve over time. We can't come right out of the gate with the perfect podcast. Pronunciation is not really our thing anyway. (laughs) (laughs) There's also some excellent attempts at phoneticizing some interesting animal sounds. You'll get there. I'm also excited that we're seeing a different part of the world. It's not the, you know, British Isles and Ireland, which we know well. It's not the States. It's not the Greeks. Um, it's somewhere that, at least to me, was new to hear about. And we look forward over the next few episodes to kind of introduce you guys to places that maybe you don't know so much about. Exactly. We'll kind of bounce between the classics and the newbies um, or places that are a little bit more obscure in the, you know, canonical education. Or new to us. Because we don't claim to be experts, and we're kind of looking for new information to bring you guys as we learn it. It's an educational journey with booze. So today we're drinking a blood orange Bellini, so sparkling wine and blood orange juice, which kind of goes well with our Philippine blood sucker. Hint, hint, blood is the metaphor. Blood is the metaphor. (laughs) And again, if you support us on Patreon, $5 and up patrons can get exclusive, beautifully designed recipe cards every episode with drinks, snacks, and non-alcoholic drinks to go with every episode. I would love to get us out once a week, but we have to hit our goal in order to do that. Exactly. Until we get some badass sponsors that want to have a profane languaged boozy podcast associated with their brand, um, really relying on your support. I mean, why wouldn't they though? I don't know. Get in touch. Get in touch. MeUndies, we like you. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy episode three, A Swan. So I was at a bar the other day and I saw this guy and I'm like, this guy is such an ass wang. Go ahead. Like dick bag. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a little bit, but an ass wang actually is a vampire-like witch ghoul, which is like an awesome (gasps) combo, from Philippine folklore. That's like the center of a great Venn diagram. (laughs) It is. It totally is. Vampires, witches, ghouls. Absolutely. Tell me more. So it's actually, the myth of the asswang is widespread through the Philippines, but like... Are you sure that's how it's pronounced? I, I'm like 95% sure. Like, I have to Google... I'm going to Google it right now. Hold like, on one second. Like, asswang, maybe? Maybe. We looked it up. We looked it up. It's not pronounced asswang. It's aswang. Aswang. Say that. Aswang. 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 But the layman We're would... We're so sorry, Tagalog speakers. <laughs> the layman would look at it and say aswang, though. Like, I stand by that. Yes. That's a thing that I think would happen. The aswang is a widespread mythology throughout the Philippines, except for an area called the Ilocos region, which I think I pronounced correctly. In Spanish colonial uh, recollections uh, in the 16th century, the Aswang was the most feared among the mythological creatures of the Philippines. Of course. It's a a ghoul vampire witch. Yes. I'd be afraid. And you're going to find out more about it and it's even more creepy. I'm so excited. So there's a variety of different stories throughout the regions of Philippines. Like, you know how we have like Bigfoot Sure. But there's like different versions of Bigfoot for, throughout where the world. You are. Yep. Yeah, it depends on where you are and all the Sasquatch stories are Yeti. different. Uh, Those are different things. Yeah. yeah, skunk ape. Oh, okay. Like they're all they're Ooh. all the same thing, but like 
just told in different places and have different characteristics, but are like the same basic creature. Sure. That's what happens with the Aswang. So there's no real like definition of what it is, but we do have those common themes. Yeah. So the Aswang is always a shapeshifter. Lots of shapeshifters. Yeah. No. It's a different episode. You know what I mean. They're usually just like regular townspeople, pretty much indistinguishable from any other people in the town. Sounds good. That's always very scary. Like that, any kind of myth where it's sort of can be anyone among us, mm-hmm. that's inherently very scary. Like the werewolf. Like it's just like some dude right, once a right. month just starts eating people. And other times you have no idea. Mm-hmm. So they're usually like the quiet, shy people who keep to themselves for the most part. You know, like the way that everyone treats, every news outlet treats white murderers. Yeah. Yeah. This like, oh, they were always so quiet. Like, that's basically what the Aswang was in Philippine mm-hmm. mythology. Um, so at night, however, they transform into some sort of animal. Usually it's like a dog, but there's stories of, like, cats, bats, birds, and boars. So I'm seeing the witch angle, right? Yes. Like, common witch lore the is that familiar. they either have a familiar mm-hmm. or can themselves fly, right. you know, shift. And you also see that, that vampire aspect, too, like the bat. At night, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's at night. They can mean bad, mm-hmm. whatever. So uh, in this form, they enjoy eating unborn fetuses and small children. Oh my God. Yeah. Really just going for the, <laughs> the most fearful and like wrong, vulnerable, vulnerable thing yeah. that a monster could do. So the Aswang favors eating the livers and hearts out of these children. Oh. Yeah. Like really like, mm, not, not so great. Like. Um, so they're described for having a long tongue, kind of like a butterfly, like butterfly tongue, like you imagine. Oh no, like a straw. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, In which they used to suck out the children through the mother's mother's womb in the unborn fetuses. Yeah, not so cute. That's horrifying. Um, so who would think of that? The Philippines, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Most likely, these stories are like used to explain miscarriages and sure. babies who like died of like SIDS or just like sudden yeah. death and that sort of thing. Sure, which like it makes sense, but right. Unfortunately, very common, right? right? Especially or for babies to die in the right. first, you know, three months in of, any of life. culture. Yeah, which we. I'm sure we'll talk about sometime later on, but like, yeah, but again, you know, explain the inexplicable. That's definitely, I haven't thought about it before, but yeah. it's definitely a, an event that I could see being understood by a, um, through a myth. You got to explain those baby deaths because there's got to be some reason for them. Right. Yeah. You can't Very just be human like impulse. tragedy. Yeah. Um, so aswangs are also known to steal the newly dead bodies to feast on as well. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, kind of, like, a little bit, like, zombie-esque. Yeah, grave robbery. Mm -hmm. So, when the Aswang eats someone, they usually replace their live victims or cadavers with doppelgangers for a while. And these doppelgangers are made out of either, like, tree trunks or plants. Really? Yeah. So sort of like a, you know, I'm seeing lots of parallels here. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like a straw, straw man, right? Like a kind of scarecrow, whatever. Like that's right. An this is kind image. of like the witchy aspect again, too. Oh, sure. Like in, enchanting the the neat natural right, world. and it like looks like the person yeah. or like a, a classic fae changeling. Mm-hmm. Yes, type myth. exactly. So if it's a live person, uh, they usually like return home and then become sick and die. So it oh. explains like really sudden sickness. Sure. Or it explains like just like a random dead body and like it also kind of explains decomposing if you think mm. about it like all oh, of a sudden yeah. it's like suddenly the human body seems to be full of things that human yes, bodies aren't full exactly. of exactly yeah. uh so talking about kind of identifying an aswang in comparison to a real human they usually have bloodshot eyes hmm. um which is kind of a result because of nighttime Yes, they're staying up all night searching for houses uh, where wakes are being held to steal dead bodies or, like, where pregnant women are or, like, small children to mm. eat them. 
So it's also said that you can spot an aswang in the daytime if you look in their eyes. If the person is standing right in front of you uh, and you see your reflection in their eyes and instead of it being right side up, it's upside down, <gasps> that means the person's in a swang. I don't know why, but things being upside down slash like mirror image mm-hmm. or, you know, backward in some way, mm-hmm. that's so inherently like, this is the opposite of the natural world. Yeah. It must be bad. And like, if you think about it too, that kind of like, it means that their um, eyes are concave instead of convex. Ooh. So like it's like creepy like inward setting eyes like super super weird with you. Yeah, think about just it. unnatural, right? Like the mirror image of what a person should be. Yeah, not just not just in the eye, mm-hmm. but the you know the eye itself caving in instead of out. And then another like super weird way of kind of um, establishing if someone's in a swang or not is if you look at them in a two-wad pattern, which is like bending over and looking at the person through your legs upside down. Interesting and very so specific. If the person is in a swang, the image of that person will be different. Like you'll see like a weird like ghoul image rather than oh. like their actual like human their real physical self. form. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so sort of like how you can't see vampires in mirrors traditionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like their their image is constructed in some way that it doesn't react. Yeah, it's normally. all like an illusion. Oh. Yeah. So kind of talking about their relationship with humans a little bit, the aswang don't reproduce very often, but if they marry a human, their mate would have to become an aswang as well. Oh, so like a lot of times you don't see like married aswang. So it's also like kind of that very like witchy feel, like where someone is against the societal norms. Exactly. Right. They're quiet. They're single. Yeah. yeah, Or they, they otherwise kind of violate the ideal of what you expect a a human in a village to be. Exactly. Interesting. Um, so if they were to marry and the mate were to become an aswang as well, the couple might hunt together at night, but they have to go in separate directions, either to avoid detection or because they don't want to share a meal. Like, they're very, like, kind of territorial in that way, I guess. Kind of, like, unlike um, most vampire stories, uh, swans are daywalkers. So they can, like, walk around in the daytime. Right. They're not, like, they're not, like, hiding in their hut, like, waiting. That helps in the tropical Philippines. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, No one's just, like, kind of hiding in their hut until nighttime falls. Hopping between palm trees. Tiny bit suspicious if that were the case. Yes. So they act and, like, have emotions like normal human beings do. Additionally, a swans never... This is super interesting. A swans will never harm their neighbors or feed on them. Really? Yeah. So there's a Filipino saying, actually, where it's better in a swang than a thief. Oh. Uh, because, like, an swang will search for food farther away from town because it would draw attention to, to themselves if they were, like, Right, they don't want to disturb their, their, you know, whole setup. Right, exactly. Found out. And, like, also, like, these are, like, people that you see every day, and, like, an swang has, like, normal human emotions. Like, they're yeah. not going to be, like... Unlike a vampire, which doesn't re- interact with the community traditionally, you mm-hmm. know, swang is among us. Yeah, like, there's no, like... Do they eat normal food as well? I would assume so. Like, if Keep up if your neighbor was, like, just, like, not <laughs> eating, like, wouldn't that be a little bit sketchy Right, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Exactly. Um, so... Also, like vampires, aswangs can be repelled or killed using garlic, salt, or religious artifacts like That's holy so water, crucifix, rosary. But it's also like you have to remember that the Spanish Just came in the 16th century. Yeah. So, like, there's that crossover of, like, Christianity with local mythology. So, obviously, that's going to, like, kind of affect it. Um, Another, like, super cool way of, like, fighting off in the swang is that they can be killed using a whip made entirely of a stingray's tail. 
dope. Super dope. That You do not see that in Transylvania and, uh, you know, Central Europe, the, the, the stingray tail. Um, so they can also be, uh, so that's also used to repel the creature. Uh, swans are used to, uh, are said to be scared of the sound made by a whip slashing through the air, like the whoosh. Right. Like Indiana Jones noise. That's so curious. Yeah, like, so if you, like, you know, walk around, like, if you're worried about, like, your newly pregnant <laughs> wife, you just, like, walk around your house and, like, going whoosh. There are hang some stingray tails around your house. Pretty much. Like uh, like wind chimes, but yeah. <laughs> so it's also said that they cannot step onto wholly consecrated ground, and like most mythology, decapitation is the way to destroy an aswan. Very swan. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is part of the kind of post-colonial, you know, cracking down on nuclear fan, like sort of making everything more kind of normal as we think of it from a Western Christian perspective. Like, you know, people shouldn't be alone. People shouldn't, uh, you know, have kind of unnatural to the colonizers households. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with just like human society in general. And then we kind of adapted that Western society later on. Mm Like, the whole, like, sacred ground kind of thing and the rosaries and holy water, that's definitely that Western influence, but all this, like, the the whip and stuff like that, like, that's stuff that they had already and, like, stuff that they were, like, fearful of, which is, like, super interesting because we see these these mythologies and they're so, like, widespread, doesn't depend, it doesn't really matter where the mythology is from, it's, like, there's always that common theme going on. Someone who doesn't quite fit societal norms is treated as like a monster or or an outcast yeah and someone who's easy to pin things on right Mm -hmm. the person who is quiet and won't talk back or the person without family to vouch for them um you know a a woman who doesn't have the societal standing to prove her reputation yeah pretty much there's almost like a biblical way of like keeping an us a swang out of your house so you know how like um during the plagues of egypt they're like oh put this like blood prayer over your door and right. the angel of death won't come to you. Yeah. Uh, you can put like certain prayers posted on doors that will repel an, a swang from your house. Cool. Uh, a good example of which is like these red and black bead bracelets that uh, in Philippine culture are worn by newborns. Oh. So it's like kind of like prayer bracelets. Right, but, to ward off the, the swang. Right, so their hearts and their livers don't get even. In, uh, <laughs> in, in Greece. Exactly. Another version of the swang is called the wakwak. Cool. Uh, which is a vampiric bird-like creature which steals humans in the night as prey in rural areas of the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, it's either a form of vampire or a night bird that belongs to a witch. Depends on the region. Interesting. Um, the bird-shaped in all cases. Yes, but always bird-shaped. Right. It's either an individual working on its With own. With a bird, yeah. Yeah. Or it's like a witch that has like a bird familiar that's yeah. going and eating people. So it's called a walk walk due to the sound that it makes when it flaps its wings while flying. Crow style. Super crow style. Um, so if the sound of the walk walk is loud, it actually means that uh, it is far away from you. Oh, sure. Because the scariest thing is it just coming silently in the night right. with you having no idea. So if it is quiet, it means it's sneaking up for attack. Oh. It's great. It then slashes its victims and feeds on their hearts. So like if you're like, 
<laughs> Which sounds like I'm doing a back bad sound, but like a bit, just a tiny bit. But like the quiet walk, walk, walk is very, very frightening. Wow. As opposed to like if something like if you're wandering through the jungle or whatever during the and night, you hear the cacophony of jungle around right. you. That's normal. That's comforting. Exactly. But then if you hear like a really loud noise next to you, like walk, 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 that's like the that's like an okay sound. You're like, oh, it's close. But it's actually not close because it wow. means it's flying away somewhere. That's that's I can so understand how that myth kind of came about, mm-hmm. right? That people will will sort of um, be pacifying themselves, like no, you know, the la- and then I know where the threat is at least. Mm-hmm. Wow. The walk walk is described of having uh, to have like long, sharp talons and then like bat like wings. Cool. Additionally, the wings are supposed to be like sharp as knives too, so it like uses the wings to like cut open people as well. So like. Whoosh, whoosh, and then talons go in. Right, and who needs a heart. scalpel? You just double whoosh. Yeah, whatever. Ch- oh. uh, and then some like asshole American uh, went in like during the colonial period and tried to explain what the sound of the walk walk uh, came from, and he was like, "Oh, it's the common house gecko." And then, but most of the folk- uh, the folklore still persists to this day. So oh, I see. Yeah. So it's sort of like the walk walk and the aswang are very. They're still, like, kind of prominent folklore, and I think it's because we always need that, like, scapegoat in human society. We need something to explain killings and explain, like, brutal murders because we can't, like, we're afraid that our, we're afraid that our, like, natural environment might kill us, but I think we're more afraid that we ourselves will kill us. Sure. I think that, like, sort of scary human nature is more dismissible when you have a mythology that explains it for you. Right. It's easy to point outside the village wall and say the outside is scary. The outside will get you, but it's, it's much harder to, you know, turn around and look amongst your village, your family, yourself, right. And say, um, what went wrong in here? It was the walk, walk. It was the walk, 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 walk. Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod. Allison Wakeman designed our logo. Subscribe to Spirits in your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. Our website is spiritspodcast.com and you can also find us at Spirit Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards. We are so thankful to those of you who signed up to support us already. Every little bit helps as we get our first season off the ground. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. We're listed in the history section rather than the comedy section. So what I'm saying is we're totally going to take over those charts, people. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.